Hey everybody, John Luke here. Just want to give a quick warning. Unfortunately, at uh, the 35 minute mark, my audio starts to kind of freak out and I start to kind of cut in and out a little bit. Uh, so if it's sounding funky for you, that is why. Try to fix it up best I can, but unfortunately there just wasn't all that much I could do, so apologies. We'll make sure to get it sorted for next time, but while I have you here, I do want to remind you all to go check out our Extra Life 2021 stream. If you are listening to this on the day of this episode's release, we are running from 12 p.m. all the way until midnight Pacific time. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to see you there to help us raise some money for the kids. All right, well, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to GameSpot After Dark episode 122. I am Tamor Sane, your host, and I am joined by Jean-Luc Sapke. Hello, howdy do, gamers. That was a very matter-of-fact, straightforward intro, Tam. Mm. Yeah, howdy do, indeed. Um, and we are also joined by Lucy James. Lucy, how Hello. are you doing? I'm okay. Been to the dentist. Big day. Big day. Big day for all. I mean, I don't know about the rest of you, but Lucy's been to a dentist, which is big day. Uh, we're going to kick off with, as always, what we've been playing. And Jean-Luc, I'm going to kick it over to you because you haven't written anything in this doc, so it's a mystery. <laughs> oh, shoot, I, I didn't. Uh, also, Jordan's not here because he's very busy because everyone's very busy because end of the year uh, mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um, I've been trying to catch up on, speaking of end of the year, I've been trying to catch up on a few games at the very last minute before my I have to submit my top 10 literally uh I think tonight Yeah, to today <laughs> today is the is the deadline. I did um, mine yesterday, so I feel this pain. I am so I'm 3 chapters into uh Life is Strange True Colors. Yeah. Which I'm very very happy I got to play before yeah. my list because it is fantastic. I really love it so far. I'm probably not going to finish it for turning in the list, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think I've played enough to sort of feel good about it, and I feel like I do. <laughs> I say I want it on my list, but I was looking at every game I've played this year, and I have no idea how I'm going to pick because there are too many too many good yeah. games. Um, but dang, I really I really like that game. That game is really good. Um, it's probably got some of like the most just immediately endearing characters i've mm-hmm. i've seen in a game in a, in a hot minute um I, the we did chapter three which i, I don't want to like spoil it but it's the like the, the larping uh oh okay I, I was gonna ask if you got to that bit yet because that one i it, it stuck the landing for me that yes. one that yes. episode it was so good very good very minimal on the actual like overarching narrative but a lot of really good just like character moments uh i was like huge fan of that it would i just love how it it took you know what you come to expect from a uh a life is strange game and apparently apparently like the character steph she's in another like dlc episode and and or she's been in the games before and she's mentioned that she does like D D and larping and stuff um but i love that it just kind of really ran with it 
like further than I thought it would like being able to pick up fake potions and spells and buy them at the store I really loved and I want to move there yes Uh, and then the the thing they do where it actually becomes a turn based battle Mm -hmm. I was like uh, this is the Weirdly, the second game I've played this year where it randomly turns into a turn-based Final Fantasy battle, <laughs> uh, which is funny, but it did a really dang good job. Um, year of the turn-based uh, battle, Final Fantasy battle. <laughs> so kind of interesting, right? Like the uh, the, it's how many have the new developer done? Deck Nine, right? This is the second one. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. did. Uh, before the storm, which was like a prequel to um, the original game, um, it was like a little shorter. It's only three chapters. It was okay, in my opinion. Um, I, I I didn't think it was as it. it, it I, there were issues I had with a lot of the story stuff in that one, but I think uh, that is sort of more of a consequence of them having to try and do a prequel and kind of be confined Mm -hmm. to certain events and characters. I think by this game being free to pretty much do whatever they want and make their own story, you can tell they were given a lot more like, you know, freedom and, and really, at least in my opinion so far, stuck it the landing. I mean, I guess I haven't beat it, so I don't know how it ends, but Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. yeah, Yeah. a, a very, very strong game. I would say reminds me a lot of the first one, um, tonally, in sort of yeah. like the small town setting. Um, I admittedly haven't played the, the second one, but I know it's kind of a got a different vibe. Um, yeah. That's also very good. No, I agree. It reminds me, like, because I, I played the first one, like, a good, a few times, and I really loved, you know, Arcadia Bay, that small town vibe, and, like, the feeling mm-hmm. of, I don't know, like, you know, coming into a new place that you have ties to, but you haven't been in, like, I guess in um, Max's case, like you haven't been there in a while, you haven't seen these people in a while. And for Alex, it's, like, very similar narratively, but it's it's way more of a, a foreign, like, new place for her. And so, like, playing through the story as as her and kind of experiencing the small town vibe that way was really, really cute. And I, just, I, think, mm-hmm. I think it's in the first episode or the second episode, the lady who runs the flower shop, that was one of the most heartbreaking oh. things I think I've ever played in a game. That, yes. And I think, and like, there's a lot to be said about how games handle things like mental health and illness, and some don't do it well with the respect that it deserves. But I think the way that it was portrayed in True Colors, like, I don't want to go into into big spoiler territory. I do remember when I was streaming this episode, uh, Jordan, who reviewed the game for us, popped in the chat and was like, "Oh, I see you're doing the sad thing." there's a lot of that uh i completely agree that it it really nails those just heartbreaking uh like really intense character moments that uh, there was a a moment with uh, a character charlotte at the end of chapter three that was just like oh yeah yeah that one's like really intense and you're like i man she's in a really dark place but also i i can't blame her for feeling that way but also it's really messed up like oh man um really do not shy away from that stuff i think the only thing at least for me that is not as strong as it could be is i think some of the major choices um i don't find them as like oh Mm. which one am i gonna pick like for the most part it's been like 
oh, I'm clearly going to go with this choice for the major yeah. choices. Uh, I they don't feel as as um I don't know, like 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 uh, like an easy example that's kind of spoiler free is there's a a character um who is offered like a settlement and they're like should I take this settlement or not? Mm-hmm. And it's for me it was like the very obvious answer was like don't take the settlement, like like fuck mm-hmm. those guys. Um and it's really easy to make that argument. And the game didn't really have a convincing counter argument. Like I think if they had really established like this character's really hurting for money and really, really needs it, I think it would have been a stronger mm-hmm. argument. But like the way the game presented it, I was just like, I don't really you're not really selling me on the other choice as much. And I feel like that would be my one criticism of the game is I haven't like I remember some of the choices in Life is Strange One. Like I would really mm-hmm. agonize and be like, oh God, what do I pick? What do I do? Haven't felt that quite as strongly with this one, with maybe like one or two choices. Yeah. I think I think with this one, like with regard to choices, um, it feels like not that there's less stakes, but it just feels like this is a story that they're trying to tell and your actions they do matter, but it's not, you know, as pivotal to the plot what you choose. Mm. Like it obviously yeah. does branch and stuff. It just feels like maybe this is because I feel I think this story is is way tighter and way and it comes together in a really like I think they stick the landing. I'm very excited for you to play it. Ooh, excellent. Um I think it just comes together in a way where it's like they don't need the choices to be as huge to still have an impact or to still, you know, because to to have you feel the a way about the game. But also the fact that they released all five episodes in one go, there's less onus on them to kind of have these big cliffhangers because people can just go straight into the next one right. um, without, you know, people needing to know what happens so they buy the next episode, which is, I wonder if that's part of the reason why the choices in Life is Strange 1 were quite so different. Dramatic, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I guess they were kind of like laying on some level, like I'm sure they had the the overarching narrative fleshed out, mm-hmm. but they were still kind of laying down the tracks for the game as the episodes were coming out. So Yeah, because a few of them got, like a few of the episodes got delayed and stuff throughout. Right, right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so I wonder, yeah, how much, like, that, like, changes, like, you know, mm. oh, like, it was a little different, but we ended up going in this direction, yeah. Yeah, that that's yeah. a good point, um, but highly recommend it, I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. game. Um, and then the other one that I was trying to get in was Psychonauts 2. Oh, which... how, so I started it, but I didn't get very far. How so, I had also started it, like, a month ago didn't get very far and then was like i really need to go back to it and then i think it was once i got past the initial first um dream sequence or or it's in someone's mind where you're Mm -hmm. their mindscape i guess is what you call it uh Mm -hmm. and you got to kind of just wander around the psychonauts headquarters that it really clicked for me where um there were just all these side stuff going on and you could just wander around. You're going through this, this like forest area. Raz's family is there and they're, they're introducing all these different like fun little optional collectibles and, and um, well, platforming challenges that I was just like, suddenly I realized I had put like f- five hours into it and just like one go. Oh, I was wow. like, oh I'm just going like, I, this yeah. is really really good um i mean it's just effortlessly charming and hilarious Mm -hmm. in that like classic double fine way um i 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it that hasn't already been like said <laughs> to death. I mean, uh, you should go check out Kurt's review if you haven't uh, mm. seen it. I'll probably go re rewatch that after I I beat it because um, I'll have like more context for what he was talking about. But yeah, yeah, I just I think it's so impressive that they made a sequel to Psychonauts that is exactly what a sequel to Psychonauts should be like it, mm-hmm. it, it very much carries that legacy of that game and modernizes it but it, it isn't you know it is a sequel to that game like i was thinking about that in the context of uh like beyond good and evil 2 <laughs> of like people who've like Fake wanted <laughs> a beyond good and evil 2 and they're like we just want that first game but just a new one mm-hmm. and then ubisoft is like what if it's like a How's- open space game where you make the game for us? Maybe? I don't really know. I'm still not sure what that game is. I think, didn't VGC say that that game is like close to being cancelled? Like, Michel Ansel left. Oh, yeah. uh, I feel like, I don't know. Beyond Good and Evil 2 feels like the game that would be an NFT if it could. Oh my that god. coming out. Oh my god! That game's that, that is... game's getting canned. But like, that's what that's what that game feels like to me. You're totally I don't think right. The the, the the worst part of it is I don't think anyone cares. Like no one uh, no. who's, who's well, out well, that, there excited about what Beyond I'm Good and Evil Two. Saying like, is, I don't think there's no excitement for it. So like, I don't think anyone would be upset. I don't think anyone would care. And, well, and, the thing is, as well, is like it feels to me like the the announcement of it was purely to get points when Vivendi were trying to take him over. Oh, right? right, it just felt like a, it felt like a a pretty um, what's the word? It felt like a, a stock play. Like it felt like oh, we're bringing back these classic franchises right. that people move. love. Yeah, yeah. And whatever not- intention there was to make it was like oh, we'll just get Joseph Gordon-Levitt involved. A man with the weirdest social media presence I've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> if you've ever actually looked at Joseph Gordon-Levitt's social media. What's so weird about it? Because it's constant calls for, like, creative prompts and stuff, which would be fine if, like, he didn't run an entire company based off, like, other people's creative yeah, stuff. Yeah, wait, is he asking, is, I he, don't know. is he stealing ideas? I just, I don't think there? he's stealing ideas, but I did see, uh, like, a tweet kind of going, have you ever really looked at it? His Facebook, I think, is worse. Ooh. What is that? That's my doorbell. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Do you need to go get that? Talk amongst yourself. Yeah, I think it's my HelloFresh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to kind of conclude what I was saying about Psychonauts is that, yeah, like where Beyond Good and Evil feels like, oh, hey, we the, Ubisoft didn't really understand what people actually wanted about that, a, a sequel to that game. Like uh, <laughs> Lucy is showing up with her HelloFresh order. Lucy, unbox it for us. Give us an audio unboxing. She can't hear me. Oh, hey. sorry. I was this saying podcast. you should do an audio was, unboxing of your HelloFresh order. I was going to say this podcast is not sponsored by HelloFresh. Uh, but if it was, I'd take it. I think I used the McElroy's code or something. Excellent. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was just saying that uh, where Ubisoft had no idea what people wanted from Beyond Good and Evil 2 and, and didn't really seem to understand They that don't game. know what people want from Sam Fisher. I don't think they just want what people a, want I went to a preview event for Beyond Good and Evil 2. What was that oh, like? Oh, yeah. 
it was the most baffling thing I'd ever been to, and it was never clearer to me that that game, one, does not exist, and two, probably will never come out, because they just had Michelle Ansel point at artwork at a wall and explain the vision for it. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, I don't understand anything that you've told me. None of that seemed coherent or cohesive in a way that is... Um, conducive to making a video game or even presenting a video game no, which is like uh, yeah, that's fine like a lot of people have ideas that are formulating but this one wasn't didn't feel like an idea that was formulating it felt like an idea that was forced into existence yeah and none, I was just like no none of the like none of the story thing. stuff made sense either I remember like they had the CG trailers and everyone was like oh it's a prequel but then they had another trailer where like jade was in it and everyone's like oh it's a sequel but jade's evil now why is she evil yeah. i don't know and then there was you'll like never a find monkey. out <laughs> there was a monkey who was like swearing and i was like you know i i swear with the best of them but i don't i don't see that in a beyond Evil game i see that as a wholesome animal picture game with some combat oh. in and mama goes garage like oh. i don't see it as like fucking motherfucking like <laughs> the monkey guy and I was, I was just like what's this do you guys remember the prince of persia uh sequel the warrior within yeah yep. it just it reminds me of that it's that same just like complete misunderstanding of like what people liked mm. and they're like we gotta sex this up we gotta throw some swears in we gotta add space combat but like the original like know. prince of persia signs of time was sexy without being overtly se- well i mean overtly sexy both farah and the prince were not wearing a lot but like that game I, I could see it they were like oh yeah we're gonna make this and sex it up even more and then warrior then yeah. came out i was like oh okay yeah warrior within was oof oof mm. i don't know which why which is almost like- <laughs> nolan north which is almost nolan north as the prince was that that yeah, one or that's that was 2008 that's Prince of Persia oh, yeah. 2008 i like that one quite which is a, a bit good, yeah i like that one um and then it ended on a a cliffhanger and then they Classic. never made a sequel because it didn't Classic. sell as well uh because the prince of persia fans were unhappy that it was a, mm. not continuing the original story which whatever no. anyway long story to say psychonauts 2 pretty good <laughs> <laughs> good on you double fine for making a sequel to psychonauts it's mm. lovable and it's charming yeah. uh they pretty much nailed all fronts i just did the mission where you um uh, meet Jack Black's character, uh, the Psy King. Um, mm-hmm. It's like this trippy psychedelic thing. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah, good game. Nice. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I've been doing. I was gonna say I think um, Beyond Good and Evil Two is more likely to show up as like some sort of Ubisoft motion picture animated series project than anything else now. Mm. And I think it would be pretty cool if there was a Psychonauts animated series. A Psychonauts animated series would be Something perfect yeah, I, I was yeah. i was talking about it with um georgia because she's been watching me play it and and she keeps saying how she laments that she never played this as a kid because it would have been like extremely her shit because she um was super into well what and she was really into uh richard horvitz who plays raz because richard horvitz mm. also does the voice of zim and invader zim which is oh. her favorite show so she's mm-hmm. just like this would have been so extremely my brand and i it does have that big like early 2000s late 90s like cartoon like mm-hmm. yeah like nickelodeon kind of energy about it mm-hmm. uh so i completely agree i'd love that hmm. yeah anything else john luke nope 
uh, just playing more Halo. <laughs> That's just kind of my my constant yeah. my constant being is Halo. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people state of being in right now. Um, Lucy, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Halo. That's really the only thing I've played over the last week. I'm still streaming Alan Wake. Um, so kind of getting through that, but Halo, Halo has been the main thing. Uh, I had a pretty busy, uh, like Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So I haven't played as much Halo. Like I haven't, I didn't unlock the, um, the armor in the, the kind of the fiesta mm. thing yet, but I think it, I think that's closed now, but it opens up again in January. But I think I have like one more level on that battle pass to go to get it. Um, but I've been watching finished Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. What did you guys think of the ending of Bake Off? So yeah. no, no spoils. But I think I mentioned this last week. The Bake Off has done the the classic Bake Off bullshit thing of they'll get rid of people throughout the show for their performance based on just that week, and yet in the finale, it's like. Oh no, it's your overall performance that matters. And it's that inconsistency that really annoys me. And I think when I actually, like John Luke, I said to you in Georgia, when I saw you on Friday, it's, it's becoming a bit drag race for me in terms of like, yeah. it feels like producers have a bit more of a heavy hand, um, in Bake Off, specific, especially mm. since they left the BBC, like since it's been in, on Channel 4. Um, it, it feels w- way more obvious to me, like who's going to go each week and who's going to win. Uh, I thought, yeah, I think like the final three, the final four were all amazing. And I think they had a really, really good group of contestants this year. Yeah. And I was rooting for like all of them to win. But I, w- I would say that like there was a little bit of bullshit yeah, uh, in that final um, episode. I sure. mean, uh, well, also there was the big thing that happened in that final episode mm. that was mm-hmm. devastating. I fully believe the the winner would have gone in a different direction if that yeah, I happened. do too. Um, and yeah. that's just like heart. That was heartbreaking. But, um, but also, like that that canceled that issue was canceled out by an, every other the other two contestants also having major issues. So, like for me, sure. I think that. I think they picked the wrong person. Like there was a clearer, better choice. Both. And like if they if they're going from that week, then yeah, it would have been yeah. someone else. Yeah, even even overall, like the, the the other two contestants were, as far as narratives go, as well. If you were trying to juice up the narrative a bit, as well, way more interesting as a mm. maybe. As a pick. I don't know. And I I was pretty yeah. happy with who they picked personally. I mean, that's the thing. But yeah, I like, think I think the pick was good. Like the person is good, but I think like. There was enough evidence to say the other two were one better bakers on that week and overall, and then you know the, the narrative implications were more interesting. Sure, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like I, w- I, w- I would be happy if any four of them won, but it's the it's the inconsistency in the judging that really annoys yeah. me. It's just like have have it and stick to it. Um, so it's my Bake Off minute. Um, join us again next year. I am watching. <laughs> I am watching School of Chocolate on Netflix, which is Bake Off but with just chocolate, um, and it's good. It's not as good. It's not as wholesome. But for an American baking show, it's it's or an American competition, it's not as you know cutthroat. Like the the guy, I think he's a French uh, pastry chef. He d- he makes amazing stuff out of chocolate. He is actually very, very nice to people. Like, he gives criticism, obviously, but 
there's a bit in the first episode where he thinks that two of the contestants like aren't skilled enough. And so instead of putting him through the competition into this onto this next challenge, he takes them both aside and gives them a private lesson in how to do the thing that the others are competing. So to oh. kind of bring them up. And so it's, it's really, it's quite nice. Um, so it's School of Chocolate. I've been watching that. But oh, I mean, the big thing I'm doing at the minute is just like Succession and The Great. Uh, season two of The Great is finally dropped on Hulu. So I started that. Um, but Succession, I wanted to talk about because do either of you watch it? Mm. Uh, I started watching it, but I struggled to watch shows about bad people. Uh, like it's it's amazing. It's some of the best writing I've ever seen. It's like frustratingly well written. Yes, they're all awful, but it's, there's something um, about that, that. The fact that like, I saw, like I'm paraphrasing a tweet. I saw this is not an original thought, but it, it just kind of uh, worded how I felt about that show where it's like, they're all awful. They are all put in situations because of the awful things they are doing. And yet you still feel sorry for them and want them to succeed. And I think that is such a, like, it, and it's, it's basically like Jesse Armstrong, the guy who made in, um, is one of the writers on it is the guy behind Peep Show, which is very similar vibes. Like they're all shit. Um, <laughs> and then Gita from, uh, uh, Vice Motherboard. Uh, she wrote today that it's like Kendall Roy is what would happen if Jez from Peep Show was given four billion dollars, and I was like, that's the perfect way of thinking about it. Uh, but mm. basically, this this week's episode is an absolute all time great, in my opinion. It's Kendall's fortieth birthday. A man who is having a breakdown, trying to be a better person. And is just becoming the biggest dickhead. Like he's having this birthday party and he has all this stuff planned, like tiny Wu-Tang Clan, which is Wu-Tang Clan, but made up of kids and they do Wu-Tang covers. Uh, he has people walk through a corridor that's supposed to be his mother's vagina and you're born into his party. He <laughs> builds a tree house for a bar and he, um, Oh, what's some like he has oh he has like a gallery in this space of uh fake um fake newspaper covers, like basically just taking the piss out of his siblings. It's it's amazing. Like and then he's walking around this party and he just goes, Wait, wait, no, don't do that, don't do that. Because I don't want this to be that's what an asshole that's what an asshole would do. That I don't want this to be an asshole's party. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's Kind of because you are one. And it's amazing. Like, it's acted so well. It's written so well. Like, him having this moment of realization that he sucks. And his siblings are just, like, squabbling. And they're all falling apart. I think the, the main thing is that it's, like, there are two stars of that show in my eyes. And that is Greg and Tom. You can't break a few. You can't break a few Gregs without. You can't make a Tomlet without breaking a few Gregs. That's, like, a line from, like, last season. But it's. The two of them, I have never seen two actors just like light up a scene. And they and they do this very clever thing where they they keep breaking them off and just having the two of them talk to each other. And every time you do that, there's gonna be some gold. Especially because there's all this there's a weird relationship between them. And I wonder if they're gonna go for it. I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much just in case they don't. I'm maybe reading into things, but it's Amazing to see what they've been doing with those characters. Anyway, Succession is the best thing on TV. Easily. Like, it's 
It's so good. And I and I think there's only like two or three episodes left and I'm genuinely devastated already, but I might just rewatch it. Um God, yeah. It's Yeah, it's so I'm making good. my way through season one slowly, but I just have to like really spread them out because I can't handle that kind of like bad people being bad or like being shitty and it being like i mean i mean it gets worse like if you don't like that now i don't think it's gonna change there's something about it that i just it just i have watched stuff like that before and enjoyed it but i don't know these days my temperament for it is much much less i I Mm. struggle to like find personalities and parts of these people to latch on to like i have very limited like uh time for people who are consistently shitty even if they are trying to be different i'm just like Ugh. but like, i mean I, I would say don't watch it then because they're not trying to be yeah. there like, yeah um i mean it seems like there's a couple of them that seem like they're pretty well there's well, that one lad who's trying his best to to get in on it but like after nah, a while he's, even he's he also was, like, done some shitty a stuff bit shitty. yeah that's where i'm like eh, i'll see yeah. where this goes but like I'm, I'm just like every now and then i'll watch an episode and see if it's tickle my fancy and if it's any yeah. different but so far i'm like mm, i'm probably probably yeah. not going to warm to this too soon but yeah it does seem cool though a lot of people seem to be really loving it um which is nice yeah. um anything else no that's it nice um i haven't been doing much honestly like i've been playing a lot of halo like everyone else with everyone mm-hmm. else um i started playing tales of arise on stream which is good um how much so, longer yeah, did you play? I yesterday? played for like an extra like half an hour to an hour, mm-hmm. something like that. Not not too much. It's very like most RPGs very set up heavy at the start, so I yeah. didn't have I didn't make that much progress, and I was like messing around with combat and stuff like that. But the Tales games are always good, but I feel like don't get the same kind of love as a lot of the other JRPG franchises yeah. out there. Um, they've got some of the best kind of uh, entries in in that franchise, like some of the coolest, the most memorable games like. Um, um and arise seems to be one of the ones that's being held up as a standout jrpg experience or rpg experience as a whole and it definitely seems to be shaping up that way it starts pretty tropey which is Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense there was a point during the stream where i was just guessing um revelations before they were happening and i was like if this was if i was writing an anime right now is when i would make this happen and then a minute later that thing would happen um, so it does start off like that, but a lot of people in chat were saying, yeah, it kind of does start off that that way and it gets to a point where it's quite um, different or at the very least it executes mm. on those tropes in a way that's memorable, which I'm but kind I of think up for. I was going to say is the uh, the one trope, the one thing that no one saw coming was uh, that character's name. Yeah, it's like Bol- his name's Balsif, <laughs> but every time anyone says it, it sounds exactly like Balsack. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like they're just going, Ballsack! Ballsack, no! They're all, like, scared of Ballsack. And I'm just like, okay, this is not good. Um, (laughs) I'm playing it in uh, English VO as well, which doesn't help thing, uh, anything. Um, With the Japanese thing, it's a little more, the accent and the pronunciation is a little Mm. different, so it doesn't sound... So that the Seth part isn't as soft, soft enough to make you think it's a Ballsack. Um, and, 
Yeah, uh, the combat is where so far where it really shines. It's got the kind of arena based kind of uh, combat and it feels a little more fluid and combat uh, combo focused. So you can do mm -hmm. like juggles and that kind of stuff. So um, and I just got the ability to switch characters as well, which is good. It nice. doesn't feel as smooth as something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, where you just tap a button and you're just gliding to the next character. It's very more, very much a little more disjointed where you have to hold a button down, tap it, and then it will like you're not 100% sure if you're switching to the right person because it doesn't like show you a preview of who it's going to but it's something that will, it won't it's not going to hinder the experience it's just uh, it's not as smooth as it probably could have been and should have been yeah but i'm excited to play more of that especially cuz it's like i can play it a chunk at a time on a stream and not really um i i like I kind of was hoping to get more of it played for like my game of the year stuff, but I don't think mm. I'm going to be doing that. Um, I'm probably going to put it on there just because like um, I've played a decent, uh, because I don't have much else to really care about right this year. Like I've got a couple of games that I'm like super into, but everything else is like a kind of like, I like this enough to maybe think about mm. like I'm mentioning mm. it as a honorable mention, but uh, yeah. I'm still not hundred percent sure on that. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Um, I, I know we gave it a good review. I think Heidi reviewed it for us and said it was a good game. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to dig further into that. Yeah, I've um, seen a lot of chat about it. I've got it downloaded, but I haven't oh, mm. God, like time when. Um, yeah, I when might. I might that might be that might be Christmas break game. Honestly, it seems like a yeah. good time for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a good game to kind of like sink into and play over the course of a day, like play a couple of an hour or so in the morning and then an hour or so in the evening and like have this kind of yeah. ongoing almost episodic style thing going with it um yeah other than that i started uh i picked the expanse back up um just because i'm kind of bouncing from tv show to tv show trying to find something that will capture my attention i'm having a real moment with not find not being able to like um find stuff to grab me um yeah it's really weird like i just i can't like, i can't i don't have a tv show that i'm into i don't have a specific game that i'm super into i don't have a a like um like anything else that i'm like super super like oh this is what i want to spend all my time on mm. or i want to watch this mm. when i'm done i just kind of like meander and i can't focus on stuff right now have um, you have you noticed um so tam and i have both just moved in to our own like respective places and i am finding that even though, you know, when I lived with Greg and Jen and when I was with Dave, it's not that we spend all day every day together or anything, but I feel like I just have more time. And I've noticed over the last few days, at least like the last week, I I kind of just sit there and I'm like, oh, I have, I have time to, to do things now. But I'm not, like, the only reason I'm, I've been rewatching, like, watching The Great is because just like oh yeah i could i could just do that in my own space now and it's like i i've i've also been like flipping i think if you'd asked me this question last week i've just been flipping through stuff and i've i i moved in like a week before you did so maybe if you're on the same schedule as me <laughs> it's just like you know unpacking getting things in setting things up it you don't know it feels like you've always got stuff to do mm. i'm finally in a place now where I'm not getting deliveries all day every day unless they are HelloFresh. Um, I don't have to keep like disrupting my own patterns and now I can finally just enjoy the time that I have in the space I'm in and like my brain is starting to... Because you and I both went through 
a super stressful sort of like return to America. So I wonder mm. if, if that's it, or maybe there's just like yeah, maybe. too much shit. I, I don't feel like I have time. Like I, but mm. at the same time, like I don't feel like satisfied by the time that I'm spending doing like I'll play mm. like the other day I, I played guardians of the galaxy for 15 minutes and then I switched to dark souls three for half mm. an hour. And then I switched mm. to another game. I can't remember what it was like, uh, I think it was fucking Tetris or something like that. And then I got frustrated because I wasn't really like enjoying anything. Mm. And yeah. I just found myself like sitting there for like an hour and then I tried to read a book and I read like half a chapter of Elantris and I was like, okay, um, uh, this is good. I'll, but I, for some reason, cannot yeah. like focus on it. And like, I'm yeah. just having like fo- trouble focusing. But mm. the one yeah. thing that I am kind of like doing, trying to build kind of like a, a routine around is I've been reading Berserk, rereading Berserk. Um, mm-hmm. So like before bed, I'll read a chapter or two. Well, actually, I read like three or four chapters of Berserk um, <laughs> just before bed, and that is that's really enjoyable. Like, I really yeah. like that sh- that that manga. It's so good, um, and like, there's a lot of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the passing of his author Kentaro Mura was like a. It kind of spurred me to I should go back to this because I know I liked it back in the day, and mm-hmm. I just meant to go back to it. I just never did. So I've like burned through quite a few um, books of that. And mm-hmm. and now I need to buy a whole bunch more, which is expensive. But um, yeah. Mm. yeah, that's the that's the one thing that I'm kind of like doing consistently. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like kind of meandering around and trying to. I spent a lot of time walking around my apartment trying to figure out what pieces of furniture to buy, and then going on Wayfair and finding oh, finding looking for things, and then like <laughs> you so find something you expensive. like. Yeah, it's expensive, but then you find something, and then you go to reviews, and it's like this is great, this is great, this is great. And then you read that one review that's like, this mm-hmm. sucks. And you're like, well, I can't buy this anymore. Um, yeah. So it's no, a lot I of mean, that. Like- oh, God, I feel you on that. Like I had a couple claws the other day and I bought a new chair and I was like, oh, and that's that's when we were playing Halo and I was late because mm-hmm. I accidentally bought a sideboard twice. Uh, that's why I accidentally bought it twice because I'd had a couple claws. But it was, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, I feel you. Like- I don't know, like building building routine and stuff is something I'm trying to do because I think if I, I really enjoy living by myself, but I also feel like it enables the worst in me, which is, oh, I can just sit and be on TikTok for an hour and no one is going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I'm still kind of building routines and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think it's just like also just like tiredness from this entire year, like is is finally like usually it's yeah. I'm good at managing it, but mm-hmm. nowadays I'm just like I'm just gonna sit and do nothing because nothing else is really taking my fancy, so I'm just gonna just float around in this space for a little while. Nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, yep, and then ride out the rest of the year and hopefully build up some some energy again to I was gonna to say really jump into stuff. You guys taking some good vacation time? Mm. No. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm taking uh, I'm taking I, the week that the office is closed. Um yeah. But then I, mean, I, I hope might so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let me in. No, I I uh I'm taking that week. Uh it's it's a weird one. Like last year I it was super super busy because of PlayStation and Xbox and Cyberpunk. This year I'm not saying it's not busy, but I have a weird feeling of guilt. 
because I haven't really been around for most of the year. Mm. I've been in the UK, which is like nah. a weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I had that as well. And like you the weird thing is that coming don't. back and and being yeah. so out of touch with what's going on, like it mm. feels very strange, especially when you're a senior member of staff where you're like, what is mm. this? I, I miss this. You're like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like I might take a because uh, like. I looked at flights and stuff to go back to the UK and yeah, shit, they're taking advantage of the fact that like the travel ban is up and Mm -hmm. I think just flights in general this Christmas are going to be so, so expensive. But honestly, I'm kind of just glad to spend a week like not doing anything. I just, I want to, I want to, I don't know, do some more stuff for me. Like I've given myself to the end of the year to do a uh to like get my apartment sorted out so i think maybe in that week uh i'll tell you what i do have planned though the first the week before christmas and that's two trips to the dentist go to the dentist regularly kids otherwise mm. you'll need to have like i need to get some orthodontic work done so i'm not jazzed but uh my dentist is great though shouts to jen um hell yeah <laughs> like <laughs> but you know yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have to get some like stuff removed, like the the brace in the back of my teeth and all that stuff. And so it's like I don't mind just taking it easy, doing the stuff that I've been putting off for a long time. Like there's writing projects that I've wanted to do that I've just never found the time. There's um, like there's just like adult shit that I haven't done yet. Like I need to get a financial advisor and mm. um. Mm-hmm. I want to get my taxes sorted now because they're going to be complicated because I spent time in the UK. Like this, there's all this stuff. And I think just having a week where I can be totally detached from work and totally detached from industry stuff, it'll be quite nice. Yeah. Feels yeah, like everyone takes I... a little break from the hot takes as well. I never take breaks from hot takes. You know that. The, hot, the hottest take is not to have one. That's what I... Yeah. That's what my my new <laughs> ma- mantra is. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I think yeah, I think that's probably a good shout for everyone to do. Yeah. Uh let's move on to listener questions. You can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or join our Discord if you are sending me messages or Lucy messages on Twitter. Um, we will let you in to the Discord unless we miss it. We might be a bit slow to respond because things are a bit wacky. Our first um, uh, emailer actually said, I sent you a message and you never allowed me in the Discord. I checked. I could not see this message. So you might have to send me it again, Josh. Um, please, please be excited. Uh, can you read our first question, please, Lucy? This one is from Josh. So, hey crew, I just wanted to say what a big fan I am of y'all and the show. I look forward to your podcast at work every Friday morning. That's, that's lovely. Thank you. So I have a retro game question related to all of the remakes and remasters we see currently. I would die to have a full-on remake of Colony Wars for the PS5. Mm. I can only imagine how epic it could be nowadays. Played the hell out of the first two games back in the day, and I remember them reviewing extremely well. Why am I the only person that remembers this series? Am I alone? P.S. Tam messaged you on Discord to get invited to the Discord. Message you on Twitter to get invited to the Discord. I think it did it wrong. P.P.P.S.S. Keep up the good work. Um, Joshua, I will I will just, uh, we could just email you back the uh, 
yeah, the, the code link. to get in, the link to get in. Um, but thank you for the kind words. Colony Wars is a game that I'm Googling right now. <laughs> Developed by Cygnosis from Liverpool. Liverpool! And sorry to say to Josh, um, I also have no familiarity with Colony Cygnosis Wars. Developed, yeah, Cygnosis developed uh, Lemmings um, and then Wipeout. So oh, they're okay. a British studio. They're, they're, hmm. you, you've almost certainly played a bunch of their games. Um, yeah, I've played a lot of Lemmings. Yeah. It, yeah, were, um, it was a PlayStation franchise, and I did not own a PlayStation. So, yeah. Oh, wait, I, they I did rem- Shadow of the Beast? They did a bunch of games. Like they were, I think they might have published a few as well. Um, oh, was, yeah, so they, they published Lemmings because uh, DMA yeah, was, uh, DMA was Lemmings, the, the, Lemmings, the GTA yeah. original studio. Uh, yeah. yeah, famous um, Colony Wars. It was apparently runner-up for best graphics behind Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it, it was it was a cool game. I don't remember playing it because that wasn't my kind of game. Um, also, I remember there being some confusion about what that thing even was. Some people are like, is that, that real-time strategy games? And I don't know why that kept happening. It looked very much like a weird strategy game, but um, it definitely was not that. Um, but yeah, I imagine that could be really cool in this day and age. But I think that genre of game is also a bit a bit kind of lost these days. Yeah. Like space combat sims don't really work. And Isn't that what... Uh, what's that game? They raised all that money and has never been released. Yeah. And no Star one's ever Citizen. seen it. Star Citizen is meant to be with Mark Hamill. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a lot of the reason why. Like, <laughs> that, that game has eaten oh up God. a lot of that genre's oxygen as well. Like, And I just, I just feel like it's one There's of those some... ones where I'm like, what, what are you? Um, but then we had stuff like Star Wars... Um, Rogue, what the fuck was it called? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron? Uh, oh, there's that called? new um, uh, what's the series? Uh, Gearbox now owns it. Um, oh, uh, from THQ. No, no I know, no, I know what you're talking tried. about. Um, they kept. We, there was like three trailers for it, and they were yeah, they all had like, like weird three sack trailers. Uh, oh, yeah. three, and everyone's like, "What is? Um, what is this? Home, um, Homeworld." Home, yeah. home, home world, yes. Yeah, How did we forget that we watched that trailer like, like five times in one show? <laughs> yeah, so home world, that's right. I, but like, I, I don't know about Colony I would love a new, to see a new Colony Wars if only for people mm-hmm. like Joshua who wants yeah. a new Colony Wars. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, yeah, because the Star Wars Rogue Squadron didn't do very well. Uh, but mm-hmm. maybe... Which is if, a shame. Which is a, a shame. That was a fun game. But like, maybe if... Um, Star Citizen eventually, you know, exists and comes out. Maybe they'll see a resurgence that way. I guess, like, is Eve in a similar vein? No, Eve, I feel like... Uh, Colony Wars feels like a game where you jump in space battles, cool, pew, pew, mm. move on. Eve is like, you now dedicated your life to this cult where you must spend all your days and nights protecting this fucking yeah. spaceship. And there's corporate mm. espionage. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Which is great, but it's also like, yeah, Yeah. try and shoot some ships. Let's see how long that takes you. It's going to take you forever. Um, Speaking of Star Citizen, Kotaku put out an article last week that said it is 2021. Star Citizen has raised $400 million and it is still not out. That's not common. What are they even doing with that money? But you can can buy like plots of land in that game for thousands and thousands and it's not even out. I don't. 
some sort of money laundering scheme. That's what it feels like. When's it going to be an NFT? Yeah, what are they going to make NFTs for Star Citizen? That feels yeah, you like can, you can get a you can get a bloody Spider-Man NFT for just getting tickets to go see. I no saw Way that Home. and I was like, I almost don't want to see that movie out of spite yeah. because oh my yeah. God, my God, stop with the NFTs. Stop. Uh, Jean-Luc, can you read our next question, please? Yes, I can. This is from Johnny O'Connor. I love that name. That's such a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, good day to you, games spotters. I have noticed in recent weeks that you aren't adverse to chatting about obscure British TV. Big up Fort Boyard. Uh, I, I picked so... you to read this because I wanted to hear this exact <laughs> reading. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, lovely. I I realized that. I was like, ah, damn it, Tam. Um, And so it has seemed relevant to bring up that Games Master is returning to our screens this week with Trevor McDonald replacing Patrick Moore in the titular lead role. The reasons I bring this up are, firstly, I would love it if Tam or Lucy could share any specific memories of this absolute gem of a show and later magazine. Secondly, I really like the idea of Tam and Lucy trying to explain to the rest of the team a show that has recently appointed a well-respected and knighted news reporter to take mm. over from an astronomy scholar. Astronomy, astronomy scholar. Okay, I was going to say uh, an astronomy yeah. scholar as the floating head in a niche video games show. Keep up all the good work. Love the show, Johnny. All right, you're going to have to explain all of that to me. <laughs> so, I'm I know of Games Master. I never ever watched it when it was first on. The only thing I know about the remake is a friend of ours, Frankie, is one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. And they have a very fun uh, Instagram filter where you can become the Games Master. Tab, did you ever watch it? Oh yeah, I was I was well into it. This was so was the back in the UK, like you, you very, very rarely, um, and I guess a lot of the world, like you very rarely had TV shows on on TV that acknowledge video games as a medium, yeah. let alone encouraged you to celebrate them. Um, and they managed to create a TV show around competitive gaming, like just people playing mm-hmm. games. And the whole thing was built around the idea that, you know, there was this all knowing games master who was um, floating. It looked like Zordon from Power Rangers, which oh I wouldn't God. be surprised if it, if it would, was, was um, inspired by that in a, in a I'm, lot of ways. I'm watching a clip right now. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, it's, the... it's like, it's like vaguely oh. low key terrifying to have this. Yeah. And like, um, uh, what's his name again? Sir Patrick, I think his name is Sir Patrick, Patrick Moore. Moore, yeah, was he, he a was. Oh, you might. I don't up. know. Who everyone's a wrong in my eyes. Um, he he was like uh, his whole shtick was he'd talk shit to you and call you, but like he was like the game's master. He was the master of games, and they'd have like little kids come up and be like, "Games master, how do I get over the first Goomba in World <laughs> One One of Mario?" And then Sir Patrick Moore would be like, "You little pathetic piece of shit, have you tried hitting the jump button? You absolute fucking idiot!" And then the kids would be like, "Thank you, games master," and then they'd go and. People would ask tips, and then he'd be like, "You suck." And then t- he's basically a modern day gamer, basically before before they were unleashed onto the internet. It and looks then like in they bit- filmed this in a church 
And just like yeah, put a bunch had, of like, smoke machines. Yes, gothic set, like very. They had futuristic periods as well. And then the, between that, it was like, oh, we've got, uh, we've got you know competitions that they'd have where it'd be like, oh, we've got four Sega Mega Drives, um, Sega Genesis set up here, and they're all in like each each one's in a different zone of Sonic the Hedgehog two, and whoever can mm. complete the zone fastest, going one from the other, is the victor. That kind of stuff. And you had like um, celebrities would come on and present uh, like things and there'd be like an ongoing uh challenge element to it and it was it was pretty cool but it was also very 90s and there was a magazine um component to it which i eventually ended up writing for um when i was in i didn't know that yeah that's cool i I wrote for games master the magazine and that's what it started off as the games master magazine um a couple of my first reviews were published in games master um along with cvg the the video game um uh magazine the Mm. first ever video game magazine i believe it was Mm. um and then i wrote on games master pretty much up until it stopped i think i think it stopped when i was done with it like i left future and it didn't seem like it was a major thing then um so who knows but uh Mm. yeah it was it was that component that kind of like kept the spirit of games master alive in many many ways and a lot of like well-known british games industry writers at some point or another wrote for it i'm pretty sure a lot of our friends wrote for it i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. scrabbles wrote for it um mm. like he was at future with me as well and he's at ign now um he's the head of news over there um but yeah it was i remember it and now they've replaced patrick moore the zordon figure he he was a wrong they're just looking at he was well okay. you know anti-women uh yeah, homophobic big fan mm. of enoch powell yeah he's uh I hate to see it yeah he sounds like a tory um but they replaced him with uh sir trevor mcdonald who is a venerated knighted well-known uh news presenter and broadcast journalist um he's from uh he's of trinidadian descent and uh is well known in the uk he's one of those people where you show people a picture of trevor mcdonald or you let him hear a second of his voice and they'll tell you that's trevor mcdonald from the news yeah um, he presented the news at 10 and then he had a show called like um tonight with trevor mcdonald and he was like as well as being a presenter um he he did a lot of journalistic work on on radio and television um he he did documentaries as well. Like he did some really well-known documentaries. I think that he, he was, he did one with Fred and Rose West. The real story with Trevor McDonald was one that I remember. Did he? And he did another one, which was, yeah, he, he, he did another one, which was like, um, it was, it wasn't to catch a predator. That's the American one, but it's like uh, uh, to catch a serial killer or something like ooh. that where he was there. A lot of people might remember him for doing, uh, the kind of story on, uh, James Bulger, uh, <gasps> he did it with oh, he did God, it with yeah. Jamie, Jamie Bulger's Jamie Bulger's mum. Jamie Bulger was a kid who was uh, sadly killed in um, in England with the Liverpool, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was killed by Robert Thompson and John Venables. Their their names were, and they attributed it to watching uh, Child's Play, the the horror oh, movie. Oh wow! Um, but that was like obviously. A, a fucking yeah. a scapegoat um and yeah, right. but back then people didn't have the knowledge to do it. and like that's where child's play and horror movies oh. became a thing these two kids that that did this were just disturbed in in many ways and because they were they were like of, 10 they were when they young, killed they him and he him. was two yeah. or four and he was two yeah um 
and like now those two at least one of them is like living under a new name um, yeah i think they're both i think one of them at least is definitely free the other one i think got in trouble in prison and had his, ex- yeah, his thing extended, extended so i don't know like if he's that. out or not but yeah it's terrifying yeah um and then he also did like stuff around death row and 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 explored like uh the mafia for a bit and he's got like a storied and well-known history um and he's also known for having quite a good sense of humor um mm-hmm. so as well as being like a very buttoned up news reporter presenter and like journalist and broadcaster he you'd find him on like comedy shows having people taking the piss out of him or taking the piss out of people he'd work in charity efforts um it seems like a really nice guy he's obviously of uh, elderly age now but it's nice to see him just taking it in stride and just um kind of like jumping into this role like this seems like a good fun thing for him i bet you he has no clue what he's talking about (laughs) um people are asking him weird questions about modern games like how do i do this in x games he's probably just like i'm just gonna read this line but it's a <laughs> yeah. good it's a good successor to the games master that's my games master not yeah i not uh, so i watched a little bit of the the original and then i looked at the new one and i gotta say they they kept the spirit intact mm-hmm. it seems like it still got yeah. the gothic look they went a little uh more demonic with it which i appreciate um yeah. all the interface stuff looks ap- appropriately shitty in the right way mm-hmm. i think it's got it's at least camp. from what i've seen yeah they've, yeah. they've nailed um, the camp they understood the camp they understood the assignment yeah. it's camp and, and the game as lucy said as lucy said like it's presented by one of our friends frankie wood who's like a well-known esports uh host and analysis uh analysis uh, desk presenter and is super well known. Former uh, uh, MC Fixer who was on this podcast was on it last yeah. week. Um, so he's 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 um, contributing to that as well. Um, I think we know a bunch of people behind the production as well, um, yeah. which is cool. Um, but it's good to see it back. Um, and it's on YouTube over here if you're in yeah, America, so you YouTube, can watch it on yeah. YouTube. Um, whereas in the yeah. UK, I believe it's on. I think it's on YouTube and it's on E4. Or Channel 4. Yeah. And you can tell him, it, like, it means a lot to a certain group of people from a generation because I told Gary Witter about it and he was over the moon. I had to sneeze there. Apologies. Um, he was over the moon to hear about it coming out and I told him Trevor McDonald was presenting it and he was like, he was like losing it. He was like, that's amazing. So <laughs> it, it, it has a special place in the hearts of British mm. gamers. Heck yeah. Um, Except for oh. me. Because I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from uh, Mr. Blue MD, who says, "Hello. Last episode's karaoke discussion got me thinking about happy hours. I'll be going to with new coworkers for the first time. The thought of which triggers my mild social anxiety. Any tips for surviving or even thriving at industry happy hours? Any good stories about them? Thanks for the great show." Um, oh no that was from mike m my mistake mm. um so uh mike i'd say take it at your own pace know mm-hmm. know your own uh, be in touch with what you can and can't, can't um take and the limitations of it and don't feel pressured to go beyond that because that's when you start undoing the good that you might have had at that at that mixer or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and generally if you feel like in your situation where you want to you know, lock it off and move on. You can be cool. You can just say that to whoever you're around. And generally, if they're good people, they'll understand. Like, I I would encourage most people to just be like, "Hey, I'm I'm you know 
I'm kind of at my limit for like social situations so I'm going to head out but it was really nice talking to you etc etc or if you're mm-hmm. a little more desperate situation you can just reach out to someone you're comfortable with and be like I need some help I need to get out of this situation whatever it may be there's no one in around you that um won't understand that and if they make a big deal out of it they're probably people that you now know you want to avoid because you know it is but generally like it is probably going to be a great time and as long as you know where you can and kind of how much you can and can't take you can make sure and stay within that sweet spot you should be fine yeah i think i'd like to to piggyback off tam saying it's just like have an excuse just ready to go if you don't want to tell people about your social anxiety just be like oh hey sorry i already had plans but i wanted to come you know like i don't know you can phrase it in a way where it's like you wanted to be there and you know the fact that you were there at all will you know people will remember that um people won't remember how long you were there for they'll just remember that you were there um and i think as well just like if if you know drinking is gonna have an adverse effect on your anxiety don't feel pressured to do it just like have a diet coke like just be like oh i'm driving you know it's and I think, you know, because from working in games, it's a very drink-dominated culture. Um, but, like, people are obviously changing that. And it's just, like, there shouldn't... And there isn't any... Like, no one's going, oh, you can't believe you're not drinking. You know, it's, like, it's more and more accepted. And, you know, don't be anxious if people are going to call you out on not drinking as well. Because that's... Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get anxiety about that. I think the thing is, as well, like, the thing that I really just want to sort of hammer home is that it's, like, just you you're like you're an adult like it took me the longest time to realize this but it's like i'm an adult i can pick and choose when i want to leave and i don't really have to answer to anyone except for myself so just remember that and like if you you know set a goal for yourself it's like oh i want to be there for like 30 minutes i think i can do 30 minutes and then just check in with yourself after that 30 minute thing and be like how do i feel after this do I want to give it 15 more or do I want to leave? I'm just going to go, you know, like mm-hmm. you got this. It'll be, it'll be like, it'll be fun. It, it's the post COVID thing as well. It's like getting back into the swing of talking to people in person is weird. Yeah, so definitely. maybe everyone's going to be in the same boat. Yeah. John Luke? Oh, I don't really have much else to add that you, you guys mm-hmm. kind of said everything, but yeah, I, I agree mm-hmm. with all the points. Oh, they're all fantastic. For sure. Just remember, you're out there to have fun, and when you stop having fun, you're you're um, capable of just leaving that scenario and staying comfortable. And everything will be better off for it. You don't want to be around other people who, while feeling anxious, because they'll pick up on that, and then you know, you're not having fun. Um, I think we're actually going to call it there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a couple more questions, but we're going to save those for next week. Nice. Um, in the meantime, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Moh Lucy. I'm at Lucy James Games. Jean-Luc. You can find me at Jean-Luc Seipke. Couple of things before we head out. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, you have now the opportunity to tune in to GameSpot's Extra Life Marathon. Mm-hmm. We're going to be playing all day video games and we're going to be raising money. Um, are we going to be raising money for the UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. <laughs> Insert other cause if it is a different one. Nope, that's uh, the that's the one. That's <laughs> correct. That's I, the I right one. I forgot. 
Um, yeah, so we're going to play a bunch of things. We've got stuff like uh, Halo. We're probably going to do some Sekiro, I hope, maybe, mm -hmm. and some other stuff in between. So mm -hmm. There's some Destiny happening, I think, as well. Yep. So Max uh, is going to do his sick uh, like Zelda stuff as well. Oh, yeah. see some mm -hmm. high-level Zelda play by a, if you've never, a if you've master. never seen Max play Breath of the Wild, it's always fascinating. It is every time. Breath of the Wild, yeah. Um, but yeah, so make sure you tune into that and support us if you can. That would be amazing. And also, we'd like to request you to hit up um, iTunes or your podcast service. I mean, it's iTunes, isn't it? Well, it's <laughs> um, or, 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 uh, or Spotify or anywhere else where you can submit a review for a podcast and please review us. Um, we're going to start looking at these reviews and picking some out. So if you want to leave some secret coded messages in these reviews, we'll read them out. Um, if you want to leave a question in the reviews, Feel free to do that, mm -hmm. and we'll we'll mention them. Um, five stars only, any less than that, and we will uh, ban you. <laughs> um, I don't know how you ban people on other people's platforms, but we'll make it work. Love a word. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.